Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's guest, uh, he had emailed into us and he said, Hey, my name's Mike. I used to own a diesel shop. I have been dealing with an EPA case for a couple years now, and I'd love to come onto your podcast, talk about what it was like, um, you know, how we were served, what the raid was like, talk about the process uh, financially, mentally, emotionally, and be able to educate us on you know, what exactly transpires, what you know the charges are, and he really wants to be able to help people out there, business owners that uh or, or people who are just thinking about starting uh, you know a shop or something like that help them avoid these mistakes so we offered you know to have him on our platform be able to chat with you guys so i'm really looking forward to asking him some questions that i've seen you guys ask on youtube and you know on our discord and other places specifically about emissions and, and what it's like to deal with the the epa and and some of these things before we get to it though i want to encourage you guys if you want to save 20 percent Kershaw's got a discount code for our listeners. You go to kershaw.kiausa.com, use code diesel20, and you can save 20% off site-wide. I know it's been a big hit with you guys. Um, you guys have shared with me some of the things that uh, that you've gotten. It's really cool. So if you're looking for something for EDC, hunting, fishing, around the house, at the shop, you can save 20%. Just use code diesel20 at kershaw.kiausa.com. All right, let's get to today's episode with Mike and asking him what it's been like dealing with the EPA. Mike, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I uh, look forward to today's conversation, and I appreciate you reaching out to us to, um, you know, explain what uh, what you went through, what you learned, and I think a lot of people, whether they're a shop or a, you know just a diesel truck owner, are going to find a lot of value and insights in what you're going to tell us today. So, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm happy to help out and, you know, uh, hopefully educate some people here and give them some knowledge. If you could start, um, you know, start with the background a little bit. What, um, you know, what what you did, what kind of company you had, and then we'll lead into the kind of two-year journey that, uh, that you're sure. on. Yeah, sure. So uh, for those of those that don't know me, uh, my name is Michael Hanzik. I was uh, the original founder and one of the co-owners. Um, there was three of us actually. One of the co-owners, though, of a company called Armor and Toys. We were based in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, and there was for about four and a half years. Um, you know, we were basically a diesel performance-focused shop. Um, did online sales, kind of covered. You know, most most of the industry from the shop to just parts to online sales, kind of did it all. <clears throat> With, um, with, uh, you know, what, what happened, which people are going to know from the title, you know, of it, what we're right. chatting about today, Sure. Uh, what, what was, you know, the, the first contact or, you know, that, that you had with the EPA, you know, in regards to diesel performance parts? Yeah. So essentially, uh, you know, we were rated like I think a lot of people have, or a lot of shops have uh, at the end of 2020. I want to, I'll be honest. I want to say it was like October, but I, I could be off by a month on that. Um, and essentially, you know, they, they came after us. Um, <clears throat> our, our story is similar to a lot of others in the way they came in, investigated, shut us down, that sort of thing. Um, and early on, it was kind of a lot of the typical stories you hear when people do get rated, you know, they can't talk about things they can't do 
Um, <clears throat> and basically we had to let the process play out and, and go through it. Um, you know, essentially, I mean, they, they came after us for delete devices. Uh, they, you know, essentially, you know, came after us because it is a, you know, criminal violation of the Clean Air Act. Um, and, and more specifically, you know, the charge that I'm, I guess, uh, facing here or dealing with is, you know, a uh, conspiracy to violate the Clean Air Act, um, which, you know, can potentially have up to five years in jail. I mean, this is, you know, not something that I guess um, <clears throat> it's not a slap on the wrist or a fine per se, you know, potentially people can be looking at federal felony, you know, jail time for violation of the Clean Air Act there. So. There's a couple questions that I want to ask you because I think as a, a diesel truck owner enthusiast, we don't see or know really any of this. Like you mentioned, it's not really talked about. Sure. We'll, just, we'll just see a press release, you know, two years or three years down the road. But with the raid part, what what does that involve? Because somebody asked on an episode we did, well, how are they contacted? Like, um, I think he specifically said, are you know letters sent in the mail, they're ignored, and then they show up? Or do they just show up, you know? A handful of them and i can tell you you know every case is a little bit different personally for us um there was no letter sent um they showed up it, it is treated uh the offense is serious enough that it is treated as any other felony case you know um they have a full warrant they serve you with the warrant the epa comes in um in our case they had other um you know agents with them local police. I mean, it was treated as any other federal um, criminal situation, right, where they have a warrant to come in and search. Um, so they did come in with police force, federal agent force um, said, hey, basically, y'all stand here. We have a warrant. Um, we're going to search your stuff. And, you know, we basically hung out for the day and we'll, you know, let them do their thing. So I'm sure you know, that's, that's a huge <clears throat> shock and surprise when it happens. And probably the yeah. next thing you think is, okay, I need, I need to get a lawyer and uh, yeah. I, there's a lot I'm going to have to deal with. So what happened sure. after that first visit for you guys? Um, I, I mean, moving forward, it was just the lawyer. There was a lot of paperwork um, for the first, you know, probably six months. Um, there was a, Hey, you know, you, you provide this, here's the next step um you know kind of a from what my understanding is is it's fairly similar to a lot of federal cases um of similar nature and by similar nature i mean similar classification right um they're, they're not treating it as a, a felony a federal murder charge right but it is a severe i mean it's put up right there with any other felony federal crime um so it, it the process is very similar right anybody that's ever been through that or knows somebody that's been through that i mean you can talk to them and say hey you know what is the steps of going through a case like this and it's you know fairly identical of course obviously there's differences in cases a little bit here and there but it's extremely similar of that um and, and then you after about the first six months you know it's pretty quiet a lot of waiting and then you start having court appearances um and then you start having you know the appearances with the attorney with the ep uh the epa or the u.s attorney's office um and that sort of thing now when um when they're looking at parts or things is it strictly just you know this exhaust kit um how many exhaust kits or you know was it kind of all over the place with you know what what kind of information they had that they were saying hey this violated the clean air act 
So the, what they're looking at is, um, you know, and, and in my specific case, like what I'm being charged with is, is tampering with the monitoring ability of um, the tampering with the monitoring device in a way that basically um, significantly increases pollutants into the environment, right? That's, that's what they're looking at. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a specific, hey, just an EGR block off kit or just an exhaust kit it, or just this specific tuner. It is if you're tampering with that monitoring system in any sort of way, um, you know, that would increase pollutants. That is, you know, that's what I'm being charged with. That's what they're hitting me with. And that's what, you know, we are essentially guilty of in this case. <clears throat> One of the reasons that I was really excited to have you on the podcast is that this isn't this isn't really talked about or known, I think, to the end user. So, you know, they think, hey, I want to do this with my truck and having you on today to talk about specifically what you're facing like that is scary stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not just a matter of, hey, we're going to send you a letter, take this off your website or, oh, don't do this anymore. There's you've been dealing with it for years and there's right. attorneys involved and repercussions to it. And so I wanted to turn the podcast over to you a little bit <clears throat> to be able to talk to other shop owners that are listening, other companies or just diesel truck owners in general. So they understand, they get a firsthand look into what is actually taking place out there. You know, this isn't just a, a one-off case. Um, this is happening probably in every state all over the country and it has been for a while. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% correct in that. Um, you know, what I can tell you is that anybody that thinks they're getting away with it, they're not. Um, it's only a matter of time, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, it's the federal government. They're very thorough. They're very on top of their stuff, a lot more so, you know, than, than a lot of people I think give them credit for. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, I, I would definitely urge, you know, anybody that is engaging in any sort of activity like this um you know the the resources are out there there's actually a document um online uh referencing my notes here basically call it was released in december of 2020 under it was a december 2020 epa enforcement alert uh and it literally was titled um aftermarket defeat devices and tampering are illegal and undermine vehicle emissions controls um, you know, so there was actually a release that the EPA put out there and said, look, this is what we're doing. This is exactly what we're doing. This is exactly what we're going to do to shut this down. Um, and then they even have an email out there called tampering at EPA.gov um, for people to not only get information if they wanted more information, but, you know, it, say you had somebody that was um, <clears throat> tampering with stuff and you chose to, you know, report that. I mean, that, that email is actually set up. So I think that there is at least in our case, right? We thought, Hey, look, um, this is a mild thing. You know, there, there's some fines that might be associated with it, but Hey, you know, we kind of asked around other shops, legal advice, you know, from attorneys that kind of dabbled in this. Oh, as long as your disclaimers are there, as long as you're, you know, um, you, you make it clear to the end user, Hey, this is on you kind of thing. Right. And, and that's not truly, the case um disclaimers don't mean anything the the you know telling the end user hey this is on you if anything happens it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day um you know if you're violating the clean air act as they have defined then it is a federal criminal charge it's you know a felony i mean and that's the thing that you're facing and it's not a situation of you know a 
a lot of times we think, okay, well, if we have an LLC or an S corp or this or that, right? Like, no, if your company is engaging in that act, you are responsible for that. Um, and that's exactly the way they're looking at it is look, you know, you, you have knowledge of it. You did this, you allowed it to go on in your company. Therefore there will be repercussions. <clears throat> that's really insightful because a lot of, uh, talk over the years was, you know, this is a race vehicle, or we would hear, um, I don't live in a state that has emissions, I can do whatever I want. And I think with I, some previous episodes that we've, we've talked about with a lawyer, it's a federal, it's a Clean Air Act, it's a federal law, so it doesn't matter what state right. that you're in. And, you know, that's really insightful about the waiver part, because I know for a while, that was a big thing. And you would see it out there. And it was like, okay, it's on the, the truck owner. But in this case, you're being held liable for it. You're, you're dealing with this case yeah. as the seller of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, you know, I mean, we live in a state, Alaska, there's no emissions here. I mean, for gas or diesel, there is no emissions period. Um, you know, the only time we really see any interference from the EPA or environmental stuff is out in the oil fields, you know? So a lot of people up here really have that mindset of like, Hey, it's, it's, we're up here. We do our own thing. It doesn't matter. The state doesn't enforce it. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is, yeah, I mean, it is a federal case. It doesn't matter what state you live in. Um, and those waivers don't mean anything. I mean, from personal experience, you know, if you ordered stuff on our website, we had a whole disclaimer that was actually built by an attorney and you physically could not order parts without checking it off. Um, you know, any sort of invoice or anything that went out. Um, I, I mean, it was literally a situation where there was a disclaimer attached to it. I mean, you know, we, we covered ourselves more than I think most shops did. Um, and it's still, like I said, it doesn't matter, you know, at the end of the day, you can put whatever disclaimer you want, but if you violate a federal law, you know, it's there that you violate a federal law. Now, how long, how long has this been going on about two years that you've been you know, dealing with, with the case itself? Yeah. Yeah. We're coming <clears throat> up on two years here um, next month, I believe. How does how does it progress? Because you had mentioned the paperwork side of it, and then mm -hmm. you know, kind of like where you're at now. How I'm sure there's probably things you can't talk about, but I'm just trying to give sure. a kind of an inside look into what it's like, so a shop owner out there understands, you know, kind of what they would be looking at or, or how it would go, or maybe somebody's just thinking of setting up a shop, a brand new business, and and they're sure. just looking for information on how do I do this right? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's the biggest thing is, is the biggest thing I can tell any shop owner, right? Maybe setting up a business or if you're currently doing it, hire an attorney to go through all of the laws, right? Not just emissions laws. I mean, laws in general related to that business, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that it's business owners, you know, and especially you see it in the automotive sector where we have a passion, right? And we start a business because we have a passion, but not all of us are great business owners. You know what I'm saying? I mean, at the end of the day, we, we start something for our passion, but that doesn't mean we're a great business person, somebody that can run a business, that sort of thing. Um, and that's, that's what it comes down to. Um, so that would be my first recommendation as far as the, the process. I mean, essentially, you know, once you get hit, like I said, it is treated just like a federal case. Um, so there's a process and procedure that it goes through. Um, there are certain things that they request from you. Um, and then as you go forward, you start having court appearances it is a long process. It is slow. And even, you know, regardless of how much fighting back you do or don't do, I mean, it is a long drawn out process, um, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, 
the feeling that I have gotten is that, you know, they, they aren't out here while, while it may feel like it, right. I mean, when you're on the receiving end, you feel, Hey man, this is a personal attack. This is a, an attack on us, this, that, and the other, you know, that there's laws. And if we don't agree with the laws, right. There, there's a way to deal with that and a way not to deal with that. Um, and that's kind of where this goes is that, you know, it, <clears throat> us going through and violating the laws doesn't make them go away, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, the process, like I said, it's long, it's drawn out. It costs a ton of money. Um, you know, it costs more money than you can ever think it would, you know, in a lot of these places. I mean, I've talked to shop owners that are, you know, five, even six figures, uh, you know, even one out there that I can reference that I believe is somewhere in the seven figure range fighting, you know, the case, um, you know, the, I've seen a lot of divorces. I've seen a lot of relationship issues. I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, that you don't necessarily think about, right? Like when you put this Im- immense amount of stress on <clears throat> your family, those people around you, I mean, it becomes a situation of your time gets consumed with it. You know, it interferes with, if you maintain the shop, I mean, it's going to interfere with your performance and your ability to show up and do what you need to do. If you don't, and you go back to some type of normal day job type setup, it's going to affect your performance at your day job. Um, you know, it's going to affect those relationships around you. And as things progress, you know, like I said, at some point they come out and they say, Hey, look, this is what we could hit you with. This is what we have the evidence to prove. Um, and when you look at that, I mean, you're looking at, you know, I mean, in some cases, if you add up, okay, hypothetically, if I were to get hit with the max and of, you know, the time and the fines, I mean, you're looking at small shops that could be hit with 20, 30 years worth of time in federal prison and and millions of dollars of fines, right? Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily what you're going to receive. You know, every case is different, obviously, but... I mean, that, that's the reality of it, you know? So you look at some of these big companies that, that are doing stuff and they, and theirs are far worse, you know, but like I said, it's, <clears throat> there is a process through it and there's not, it's not just a simple cut and dry. Hey, you know, you, you get some fines and then we move on. I mean, there's a long drawn out. You're going to spend years of your time. You know, you're going to probably ruin relationships. You're probably going to lose, you know, a, a lot of stuff in your life by going through this process. That personal side is really interesting because I think, um, you know, stories that we've had on the podcast and just people I've known in any industry, really, when they decide that they want to work for themselves and that's stressful Mm -hmm. in and of itself. And then you invest so much time into it and you build it. And then all of a sudden you have something like this happens, which could take it all away. And the right. emotional and the mental stress of it, and then the people around you—that is something that's really overlooked. And and uh, you know, we've never talked with anyone about that, you know, on the podcast. But it's something to factor into this. It's not just the fine. It's not just the legal bills. It's also everything around personally, professionally, business relationships that that uh, are all impacted by something like this. Right. Yeah, and and. You know, in some cases, you know, we, we've seen shops, right? I think we all have where they, they go through it. They're still fighting it. They're still open. They're still doing whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but the truth of the matter is we've also seen shops that have shut down, you know, due to situations like this. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it's easy for people to say stuff from the outside, you know. But when you're in that situation and you have to tell somebody, you know, say an employee that has a family that relies on your paycheck, hey, you know, we had to shut down. Sorry, you're going to have to go find a new paycheck, you know, um, 
or you have customers that, hey, you know, you, you can't say anything to and hey, you know, and, and especially because of a lot of these situations, you get told to, you know, basically not say anything, you know, be quiet, shut up, don't talk to anybody and just let things lie, you know, and it, and it creates a, a lot of stress. Like I said, I mean, there's a lot of other situations associated with it, you know, the rumors start flying and, and this and that, and then, you know, it almost creates a worse situation. So there's, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in, you know, money's money, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we can all just, if it's fines, it's not a big deal, but there's so much more behind it that I don't think people truly understand, you know, that it's not just a small fine, you know, it is a major fine that will put burden on you and your family. Um, you know, it can, has potential to ruin relationships with either your family, close friends, customers, those around you, um, you know, it has potential for you to physically go to jail or, you know, if you don't go to jail to carry a federal felony, um, you know, on your record, which right. Life goes on. A lot of people can get past that. But at the end of the day, the thing to think about that is it does affect it, right? How many jobs, if you're say you, you close the business and you have to go back to a day job, how many jobs do that background check, right? Say yeah. you don't own your house and you have to rent or something happens and you're put in a, a position where you have to rent going forward. How many rental companies now do a background check, right? And a lot of times they don't even care. Oh, well, this was for removing an exhaust, right? Like that's not a violent crime. That's not something that would necessarily, but the fact that, boop, red flag, federal felony, right? Like that can affect a lot of stuff in your life. I mean, you can't get certain jobs in financial, um, you know, industries because of that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff associated with it that people really don't look at uh, because I think we get so caught up in the, you know, hey, we, I want to do what I want to do kind of, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, uh, <clears throat> that's a lot of the, I mean, the comments that I'm sure on this episode we'll, we'll get as well is, you know, someone out there will say, well, I want to do what I want to do. It's my property. I can do it, but you're right. It, it, and I never thought about it like that. I always kind of looked at it like, okay, this is a case uh, the business is going to change. Maybe the people decide they don't want to do it anymore. I never thought if it progressed to that level, there's a job you might not be able to get. You might not be able to live in a certain area. There might be certain things you can't do that's based on an exhaust system or a tuner or, you know, some plate or something like that. So it is, it's, it's very serious. And it, it, uh, you know, I, I think with a podcast like this, we really wanted to talk, you know, about the education to educate people and not just the shop owner, because I know there's a lot of people who just own trucks. They, in a sense, kind of drive the industry with what they want, the things they want to do, the lift kit, the wheels, the tires, the styles, what they want their their truck to do. And, you know, when they call around or they're searching, you know, for things online, they're finding the places don't do it. You know, they won't even touch it. They, they, they don't do that, that kind of stuff. And I wanted to help educate them as to why this isn't just, you know, you pay your 30 grand or 75 grand or hundred grand and all's well, like, we're talking about mm -hmm. federal prison potentially and lives destroyed. Right. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, that's, and that's what it comes back to, right. Is it, it, like I said, I mean, it's easy, you know, as a consumer, right. Like before I had the business, I was a consumer, right. And, and I was very much of that mindset. It's my truck. I paid for it. I want to do what I want to do. And, you know, nothing you can do to, to stop me or tell me different. I'm not going to be told, 
but that that's the reality and that's why a lot of shops are you know I, I mean everybody is trying to move away from it you know or i won't say everybody but most people are trying to move away from it because of that i, I mean like i said it is it is a violation right i mean that's what i'm guilty of is violating the clean air act or conspiracy that's you know what i've been told and uh that that's you don't understand the weight of that right and like i said i mean it, it just there's so much more attached to that that when you really start going down that rabbit hole of like hey what is you know what does this really truly mean you know that people don't think about i mean for the end user you know yeah does everybody want to turn turn their truck up sure i mean we're we're all gearheads right like that's why we do this we love it um but there, unfortunately, you know, we live in a world where things are changing and we have to adapt. We have to change. And, and, you know, we can drive the change. I mean, look at the companies out there that have really pushed the innovation and pushed what you can do while still doing that. You know, companies yeah. that ha- have worked or, or been hit by the EPA are now coming back and, and saying, look, I have carb approved products that, you know, the EPA, they're working with the EPA, right? Like that at the end of the day, I mean, there, there's the step of, hey, we want to be a part of the laws being written. But once it gets past that and there's something that is a law, we can argue all day the politics behind it. But in the meantime, let, let's work together. Let's find a common ground and let's push the industry forward in a way that isn't ruining people's lives per se, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, let's, let's be honest, you know, the, the guy that chooses to delete his truck versus not, like, like that guy's not really losing his, you know, his livelihood or really anything, you know, I mean, there, there's obviously situations where, okay, the emission system goes down, maybe a guy that's doing hot shotting stuff, you know, situations like that. Right. But with anything, I think in the automotive industry, we've had to have uh, an ad- adaptation, I guess, or like a situation where we've overcome technology, right. And move forward. I mean, look at, look at automotive, right. There was a, there was a, certain period of time where gassers i mean you could barely get something coming off the line with 200 horsepower because of all the smog and stuff you know and the the laws right now we've got 800 plus horsepower cars with factory warranties coming off the lot right without even messing with it so the the diesel industry is no different right like we we can do the same thing here it's being done it's and and the more we're being forced to do this the more we can you know, the, the more and more you see people striving for that perfection or for that performance while still following within the legal guidelines. I like that perspective a lot. And this, this episode really it ties together well with uh, another recent one we did with a lawyer talking about the Supreme Court decision and, uh, you know, uh, um, a power plant case <clears throat> is, I think the perception with enthusiasts is, you know, they they want it to be how it used to be back in, you know, with your 12 valve or your 030759. And on an industry level, yes, you have to progress, get the, you know, either SEMA testing, carb testing, whatever it is to be able to show, um, hey, this part, you know, is not, you know, making the the, the, the truck pollute more. It, it's still within that framework. And, and there is a lot of innovation with parts and, and what these trucks can make with, you know, tuning and turbos and different things that have that testing process but then also if people want to see change you have to change it through the legislative process it, it's like you said it very well early just because it's a lot doesn't mean i ignore it and it goes away like it, it doesn't so right. if enthusiasts want to see changes you have to get involved in the political process you have to 
you know, do those, those certain things to be able to influence it. Cause the way it sits now, it was, you know, signed, um, you know, into law way back when, and that's, it kind of is what it is. Right. No, exactly. And that's, you know, that's the thing. I mean, with these agents that are coming knocking on the doors, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's a side of it where we can argue, you know, how much force is really, you know, necessary in these cases. And, that, and that's a whole nother topic, right? But with, with most of these cases, with most of these agents, right, they're, they're coming, they're knocking on your door, they're serving you with warrants, all that sort of stuff, because they're enforcing a law, right? That, that, that's the thing that people have to understand is you can disagree with what's happening all you want, but at the end of the day, they have a job to do right? Like everybody has a job. You go to your job every day and, and you're told, Hey, this is what your job is. Get it done. That's what these agents are doing. Right. So if you disagree with it, then yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, if you don't agree with the way something is, then yeah, get involved in the legislative process. You know, we have a, a process set up for a reason. Um, you know, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, for years and years and years, there's been you know, it's been very one-sided, but that's the thing is that we all have the ability to make our own choices. We all have the ability to get involved in, in what level. And yeah, I mean, ignoring stuff and saying, well, I don't want to listen because I don't like it. I mean, that's not the answer, right? That's not the world we live in. Unfortunately, it's just not the way things work. So, you know, I mean, yeah, getting involved in the legislative process, getting involved in supporting, you know, uh, the industries and, and not just, you know, putting your head in the sand. I mean, that's how we see change, right? I mean, if we want to see change, we want things to continue. Um, we want things to be the way we want. We have to actually stand up and do something about it. Um, and ignoring laws or violating laws and just saying, now ah, deal with the repercussions later is not the answer. Um, you know, that. And with your, you know, with, with your business and, and even the future, you know, where do you see, where do you see yourself, going with with it after you know after this is finished would you you know get back into automotive would you you know do this again or, or what are your thoughts for you know your journey and you know in, in business and you know you mentioned passion and, and how you're passionate yeah you know about it where where do you see things going yeah absolutely i mean you know i've i haven't left automotive right i i shifted gears um we unfortunately had to close the doors on the business but we we shifted gears and and you know even every single one of you know my employees business partners i mean they're all still involved in the automotive in some aspect right um but that's it i mean that's the thing is even my day job now you know and and i go back and forth but i think down the road in the future. Yeah. I mean, not only helping to educate people, but you know, I mean, ultimate goal would be to get involved in a way that can be meaningful and impactful in a way that, you know, we can move things forward in the industry, not just diesel, but in the automotive industry in general, you know, to be a part of moving that forward and continuing to share this. Right. Because I think my ultimate goal is to pass this down. Right. Like my kids love being in the shop. They love tinker with stuff anytime I get my kids involved like the you know the and that's that's what it's about right is like continuing this industry continuing to pass down to the next generation and I think that's the ultimate goal is that whether it's from a legal side or a business side or however it plays out in my future um, I, I think that continuing to drive the industry forward and finding a, a more meaningful role other than just hey I'm a shop owner that got hit by the EPA to help push things forward, help educate and, and really help move things in a positive direction going forward. 
That's what I really look forward to is, you know, when I think historically of, you know, the muscle car era, which I wasn't around then, but I've heard about it. <laughs> and then I hear stories of cars in the you know, late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, I mean, probably throughout the eighties. And you mentioned like, you know, they didn't crack 200 horsepower to where now you can get something with 800, 807 horsepower. Um, there's all this performance that's there and, you know, whether it's, you know, that older muscle car or a brand new Hellcat, whatever it might be, we get excited about it. And I think that's what I hope for the most is that there's, <clears throat> there's going to be a time where you could take a diesel truck, you can increase its power and its torque, and you don't have to worry about it. One, as a shop owner, you don't have to worry about selling the parts or installing them. And as a truck owner, you don't have to worry about, you know, does this, can I travel to, Cal to California with this part? Um, is it legal everywhere? You can just truly enjoy what it is we all enjoy about automotive, which is performance, power, um, efficiency, making something unique that's ours. So that's where I hope, right. you know, it, it goes and why doing an episode like this is something I really look forward to because I want to be able to help tell that story and have our listeners understand it, maybe help somebody who's going to open a shop and there's all these parts to pick from to sell, make sure that you're doing it the right way. So you don't end up in a situation, you know, like yours or like probably hundreds or thousands of other people have and yeah. you do it, do it different. So you don't have to deal with this. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm right there with you. You know, I think that's the way moving forward. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, we're going to see that time, you know, in the future and it's going to be a great time where, you know, where people aren't worried about, what they have to lose by just enjoying, you know, what they enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I, like I said in the beginning, I really appreciate you reaching out, telling yep. your story, um, being willing to you know, tell us about the process, what it was like and, and share the insights that, that you did. I know there's a, there's a lot of value and, and a lot of you know, things you've went through, we can all learn from. So I appreciate you reaching out and sitting down with me today and, and talking about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code diesel20. Get 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money uh, for a knife you may need for EDC, around the house, work, hunting, fishing, anything like that. Um, it's, a, it's a really cool code that they've given for our listeners to be able to take advantage and you know save some money on something they need. I also want to give a shout-out to some of our Patreon supporters, Texas Diesel Supply, Rights Diesel Services, Tyler Lona, 23 Diesel, Caleb. We appreciate your guys' support. Uh, all of our Patreons, all you guys on Discord, our YouTube subscribers, Instagram, Facebook followers. You guys keep us going with your great ideas for shows, sharing your builds, asking questions. And we appreciate the support you've given us all the way from January 2016 until now. Until next time, keep the shiny side up. <laughs>